Alleluia, Christ is risen. The Lord is risen indeed. Alleluia. You're invited to be seated. Jesus speaking to Thomas. Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. It was a great idea. So he put together a softball team, co-ed adults. We got the other six Episcopal churches to play in an Episcopal co-ed softball league. This is the church that I came from. It was wonderful, except we got drubbed every time we played the other churches. We were the smallest. Well, we got better as the weeks passed and we started playing together a little bit more. And we learned when we had a visitor and they looked like they were young and could play a little softball, we were recruiting at the back door. When it came time for the tournament, we actually were okay. And we were in the championship game against the Nemesis, the biggest church in Louisville, St. Francis in the fields. We wanted so desperately to play them and to beat them and to show that the little David could beat the big Goliath. I don't know if that's right, calling another church Goliath. We played our hearts out, and we got beat pretty badly. But at the end, I remember what our coach said to us, that little church called St. Thomas's in Louisville. He said, y'all are some real fighting doubters. That was like a theological epiphany for me. And the next year, we broke out jerseys that said, the fighting doubters. But forever, it has sort of shaped my understanding of Thomas, the fighting doubter. Maybe that is you. Maybe that is where you're at in your faith, that place where you can't understand everything, and so you got some questions. And that's what I think we find in a text that begins talking about something that is a mystery. The empty tomb, the resurrection, something that we cannot scientifically prove, I think even if we would have had a video camera on that morning, we wouldn't have known exactly what happened because that's not the nature of faith, is not documenting. Instead, it is believing. And that's where we find ourselves today. We find ourselves walking with someone who is living faith and coming to find at times that discouragement is part of the path, that questions will come, but Jesus is there. 
Thomas is the one who misses out on the experience of Jesus. As he comes on the evening of that Sunday where the resurrection takes place, John tells it, unlike the others, that Jesus comes to bring peace, that he comes to show that he is alive, but mostly, John wants us to know that he comes to give us the very breath of Christ himself. Those who come to experience the risen Christ will receive the very breath of Christ into their life just the way that God got down on God's hands and knees in the Garden of Eden and made a little clay man. And then he breathes into that little clay man the animating breath life. It's what the resurrection, that's what belief, that's what coming to terms with what the empty tomb means when we encounter a living Christ. The very breath of God is breathed into us. The breath that Christ lived in this world becomes the life animating force for our life as we live in this world just as God's breath was breathed into the nostrils of humanity, so the very Spirit of Christ is breathed into those who will believe and will follow. John needs us to know that. And so it happens on that Sunday of Resurrection Day. But Thomas had an errand. He wasn't there. Who knows what he was doing, but he missed that experience that that group had. I think that sort of happens at times. We might not be there. We might not see things the way that others, because we missed that committee meeting. We weren't there in church. We weren't there at the stadium to be able to experience the joy of the big win. Thomas steps back and does what so many of us do. Unless I can experience for myself to be able to touch with my finger, to place my hand, I will not believe. I think what we see in Thomas is faith that is seeking something some sort of reinforcement that I'm not missing something or throwing my life away. He's the same one who said, Jesus is going to Jerusalem with all of these threats. And almost with a breath, he said, let's go with him so that we may die too. Thomas is in. But he is that kind of personality that somehow needs to know a little bit of proof to go with faith. It's interesting that sometimes we too might put out that fleece for God. If you do this, then I will know that you are working in my life. Faith of the if-then rarely works out. And we'll see for Thomas, it doesn't quite work out the way that he thought it would because he didn't touch that.
that hand, nor did he put his fist in the side. He experienced the resurrection in the presence of Christ. And for him, he knew that was it. Doubt and discouragement happen. Sometimes to be able to gather in, we put out our if-thens. But I'm impressed that Thomas is there next week for church. He's there in the upper room that next Sunday. He is with them this time in their presence. I think that's what faith asks of us. In the midst of doubts, in the midst of discouragement, even if our if-then scenarios don't work out, faith asks us to be there, to be present to the questions, to be present with one another, to be honest and to be faithful, to be ready, to be ready, to be able to hear. When things die, it seems so permanent. How could Thomas open himself to believe? But that's the nature of resurrection. Things that seem permanent are not always that way. And so he made himself present and available. Something like that happened this week. You may have heard that in the process of uh, rehabbing our house, the Victorian house, to make room for the Oxford House ministry. Along the way, the AHPP, the grants from historic preservation that help us with our windows, also gives tax credits available. We work diligently. We filled out all of our paperwork for our tax credits on the house. One quarter of what we spent was going to be reimbursed to us until we got word. You're a church. You don't pay taxes. You don't qualify for tax credits. Well, we asked around. We even touched base with our CPA's attorney for nonprofits. When word came down from a CPA's attorney, you're a church. You don't qualify. Our heart was broken. We ticked all the boxes. We knew we paid taxes. If you have any purchases over at the gift shop, you know that we're a part of that. It was dead in the water, and it was my job with our treasurer to let the vestry know our tax credit, it's dead. Except we had one fighting doubter who said, that's not how things work in Little Rock. <laughs> she went in, she talked to Al, who is our wonderful financial secretary. She came out. I knew it was dead. It was over. Until about three days later, I come walking in, and Al is smiling like that proverbial Cheshire cat. Smiling so big, a printed out email. We've got it, Father Mike. The letter that we wrote saying we were faithful. We have done everything that you have asked. 
It is the mission of this state to be able to preserve these buildings. We wouldn't have done it if we didn't have this out in front of us. Will you please let us do this? And they looked over their mission statement and they said, it's more important that these buildings be uh, preserved than us following every nuance of every rule. And so they read it through the mission statement of preservation rather than saying, here's a way that we can write you off. We got our tax credit. It is alive and sellable to the highest bidder. It was something that was so dead, I just knew it. I've been around the church, leading churches, long enough. I know when something's dead in the water and you've got to tell the vestry. Except for the place of life, of resurrection, of things that seem so permanently gone, somehow, somehow, sometimes take new life. I think that's a bit what the disciples were experiencing. Jesus' words of peace I give to you, a peace they thought they would never have again becomes alive in their life. A place where they thought the brokenness of this world has won is shown to be shallow. And the life of the Spirit is stronger than the power of evil in this world. These things came alive, and they became alive for that fighting doubter, that Thomas, who was there, who wasn't afraid to ask his questions, who was willing and ready to be able to hear, and when he did, he became one who believed. Maybe you're in that place. Maybe it's not tax credits. Maybe there are things in your life that just seem gone. No more life after this. No more joy, no more peace, no more forgiveness. But that animating presence of Christ alive in this world through the church and through its ministers, through its people and congregations is alive, bringing peace, bringing life, bringing joy, bringing forgiveness. That's what resurrection is. When those things seem so gone, we keep our trust and our hope in Christ. He breathes life in a new way into them. And we find new life and resurrection in the areas of our life that need that breath of God. Amen.